0: BDSM United Podcast. I am Primal Piggy. Thank you for joining me for our special Halloween edition BDSM United Podcast. Today we want to talk about 22 terrifying sexual fantasies. Not every fantasy or fetish is safe, legal, or really right to Safe, sane, and consensual was the universal safety mantra of BDSM until we kind of admitted that some acceptable sex practices are not really implicitly safe. Although their risks can be alleviated by playing smartly, that's why we prefer the mantra of RAC. That stands for Risk Aware Consensual Kink. If you're interested in fisting or suspension bondage, gut punching, ball busting, or things that are considered heavy bondage-related BDSM, that's fine. You can do these things as long as you do them consensually and fully prepared for the risks. What makes things BDSM and what makes things outside of BDSM, really consent draws the hard line. And you're not allowed to cross this line, not ever. You may never do anything without anyone or to anyone without their permission, without their consent. While these rules sound obvious, they exist for a reason. There are many terrifying fetishes in the world, fetishes that fall far outside of these limits, and acting on them will oftentimes land you in prison. It'll hurt you more importantly it'll hurt others we definitely want to have other and others focus with what we're doing these need to be talked about because they're real and many people have them and knowledge is power and talking about them keeps everyone safer so let's look at these 22 terrifying fantasies Autoerotic asphyxiation around a thousand americans annually find level dead of self-inflicted autoerotic asphyxiation these deaths are rarely seen as suicides most are simply dangerous acts of self-pleasure gone wrong when you cut off oxygen to your brain the result can be a euphoric high and some attempt this during masturbation with ropes or cords or putting plastic bags over their head and doing so is deadly it's really easy to pass out To suffocate and die. The most famous case of autoerotic asphyxiation is the 2009 death of David Carradine, who played the title character in Quentin Tarantino's Kill Bill Volume 2. He was found dead in his Bangkok hotel room. Although his death was immediately assumed as suicide, they later ruled it as accidental. Shortly after, two of his former wives came forward and said that Carradine was into self-bondage. And that can often be a dangerous fetish. It's something that you definitely need to uh, be aware aware of the risks and do it safely. Uh, Kinky people, we know the risks of breath play. As a kink, we really need to be sure that we're doing it sober and doing it with someone else. And if you're interested in things like gas masks or breath play, you you can be one of those happy, healthy, kinky people who enjoy it. As long as you know the risks that are involved, it can definitely be a part of uh, BDSM play. And oftentimes you want to know where and how, and there's a lot of technique involved into how to uh, cut off the breath supply and do it more safely not entirely safely there's always risks involved number two is our is the fetish for disfigurement and or permanent bodily injury Uh, some more submissive people get turned on by the thought of being permanently disfigured by their dominance now if consent is given are you allowed to injure or disfigure someone Well, it's definitely against the law. Uh, We don't pardon people who intentionally, permanently injure someone else, even if it's done with the other person's consent. Um, Oftentimes we say this, that a lot of things within BDSM are criminal, because in a lot of places you can't give consent to be injured, disfigured, or killed. And so... We definitely don't want to do anything or, can, or tell you to do anything without you first mitigating the risks and checking with your local jurisdictions, uh, making sure that something that you're doing is safe. And we definitely want to press that this is important, that you always negotiate and you vet the people that you are wanting to play with because it's important. Uh, a permanent disfigurement or a permanent bodily injury is a serious thing. And so definitely if this is something you're thinking about I would consider or I would encourage you to find a kink aware therapeutic professional, somebody who can who you can talk to, a counselor, a therapist that you can talk to about your desires for this fetish and they can walk you through the aspects of, you know, of why you feel, why this turns you on, why and and possibly uncover, you know, what it is that you're thinking about and maybe uh, a way to have a similar desire, fulfill this desire. Number three, the fetish of ripping off your dick. Eraticism, Eraticism. (laughs) radicism. Sorry, erraticism is a fetish practice of ripping off one's cock and balls. Some professionals say it's less of a fetish and more of a sexual impulse done as a result of intense sexual shame. Some folks feel the urge to manually remove what they perceive to be the source of their sinful sexual impulses, which really is not your genitalia. Your sexual impulses come from your brain, but certainly don't rip your brain out. The result is a bloody self-castrating mess. So if you're struggling with shame or your desires or if you've ever contemplated something like erraticism, seek a therapist. There's a lot of kink-aware professionals out there that that understand uh, BDSM, understand kinks and fetishes and can definitely... Uh, provide a lot of help for you. You shouldn't feel shame for your body or for having sexual impulses. You should only feel shame if you're wanting to do things to others without their consent. Number four is the fetish of becoming an amputee. Acrotomophilia is a paraphilia. It's a sexual attraction to amputees and is is somewhat common among fetishes. Uh, a more concerning fetish is amputophilia. Uh, sorry, these are hard to pronounce. The desire to actually become an amputee. If the fantasy of losing your lower leg turns you on, uh, contact a therapist. It's probably something you want to talk about uh, before, if ever, you do. Number five is called bug chasing. Uh, bug chasing is when an HIV negative person seeks HIV. Bug chasing is actually a grinder terminology, a casual phrase for a heavily tabooed practice. Uh, now, we first want to say that we're HIV positive. Uh, like, in in other words, we uh, don't have any negative stigma against uh, people with HIV uh, if you're being asked or asking someone to pause that you know say no uh, for a couple of reasons HIV criminalization laws are severe and there's no uh, nobody's going to believe that someone asked to be infected even if it's true the laws exist because of widespread cultural phobia, an outdated legal system, one which refuses to understand the modern reality of HIV. And um, oftentimes HIV-positive folks are criminalized, while those who willfully and consensually play get a free pass. The second reason is um, you may not have a chance of spreading the virus even you know some have a undetectable viral load in other words anyway sorry bug chasing is formed out of the fear of HIV Uh, and the fear gets too paralyzing folks develop a fetish for getting it to alleviate that fear Um, HIV is now a manageable illness and hardly warrants any kind of paralyzing fear um but there's a line, however murky, when eroticizing someone's STI or or risky sex in general or eroticizing a virus that may come as a result of it, it's self-destructive behavior. And it's no one likes to be someone's fetish. No one likes for something about them that they, uh, uh, about their body or about their... Uh, or about their STI status. They don't want to be fetishized. It's just not good, decent human behavior. The fetish, number six, the fetish for groping people in crowded places. It's called frauderism, and it's the fetish for touching strangers in a crowded place. This falls outside of BDSM. People do it on places like public transportation, and most people know this as groping. It's non-consensual. It doesn't pass RAC or SSC. And it's not okay. Uh, don't engage in this kind of fetish. If you have this kind of fetish, seek therapeutic help. Uh, number seven, the fetish for touching someone while they sleep. It's kind of terrifying. You get these paranormal, uh, this param- paranormal activity vibe going on here. But somnophilia... It's a paraphilia. It's an erotic arousal from intruding on a stranger who's sleeping or waking someone up by touching them sexually. Oftentimes, you'll see fake porn videos about this kind of thing where someone is groping or touching someone while they're asleep or waking them up from sex while they're, or waking them up with sex from sleep. But these porn videos are fake, they're for entertainment purposes only. Uh, They're not meant to be taken seriously. Consent can't be given when someone's asleep, so acting on this impulse falls far outside of RAC or SSC. It's molestation. It's sexual abuse, plain and simple. And you know what? It can be scarring to people, so don't do it. If this is a fetish that you're thinking about or something that turns you on, consider speaking with a kinkoware professional, a therapist that can help you out. Number eight is the fetish for pubescent children. This is a big no-no. It's called hebephilia. It's different from pedophilia. Um, it's a sexual attraction to children who have gone through the general age of puberty. Now, children cannot consent to sex as minors, You're not allowed to have sex with kids, period. This is a serious criminal offense. Don't do it. Don't ever do it. It falls outside of BDSM. It falls outside of of all aspects of BDSM. If this is something you're struggling with, thoughts of, do not act on them. Find a kink-aware professional, someone who can deal with sexual fetishes And can deal with uh, sexual kinks or desires or fantasies and can help talk you down, talk you out of and talk you through whatever traumas or things that you have dealt with in your life that are uh, giving rise to this type of uh, thoughts. Number nine is the fetish for corpses. It's another thing that falls far outside of BDSM necrophilia is arousal from dead bodies the dead they can't give consent and sexual pleasure from a dead body is regarded as a deep form of disrespect necrophilia is illegal in most of the united states most but not all north carolina and louisiana the moral beacons that they are allow necrophilia even though Louisiana still bans sodomy between two consenting living adults. The sodomy ban is not legally enforceable given the Supreme Court's ruling, but it's still on the books. So this sexual fantasy, necrophilia, I wouldn't even call it a kink. First, it's criminal in most places. It's very disrespectful to the dead and to people's family. And also, it is uh, dead bodies cannot give consent, and so they fall outside of BDSM. And if it's something that you find as a fetish or a fantasy, consider speaking with a kink aware professional, a therapist, somebody that can help you deal through and talk through your sexual fantasies and help bring some clarity to the situation number 10 the fetish for accidents tragedies and disasters Uh, it's a fetish that can kill you and others Uh, people with this paraphilia get aroused watching or staging car crashes house fires collapsed bridges natural 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 disasters um there was a 1996 film called crash which was based on the novel of the same name it starred uh, Holly Hunter, and the characters of Crash get off from being in car crashes. It's kind of terrifying thinking about somebody, or the collateral damage that could be occurred by staging crashes or house fires or staging, uh, you know, collapsing buildings. This is definitely something that's super dangerous, and if you're, if you have this kind of fetish or fantasy. As always, you'll hear the mantra. Consider talking to a kink-aware professional. I mean, you're going to hear me say that a lot because uh, these are different things that you definitely want to talk with somebody about before you go out and try to do any of those things. Number 11. This is the big one here. This is something that is not a part of BDSM. It never will be. It never has been. It is not a part and should not be a part of anyone's life. Pedophilia is the world's most widely known and severely criminal fetish. It's a, it's criminal for a reason. Um, it leads to lifelong trauma and suffering for those who are abused. And, and it's discerned from hebophilia because the traction, it, attraction is specifically to prepubescent children. It's sexual abuse. It's punished by law. It needs to be punished by law. It always should be punished by law. In the social arena, there are often buzzwords that are hurled at people who are not involved in pedophilia. Oftentimes, it hurts minority communities, and many LGBTQ people have been falsely called them by anti-gay and anti-trans people. Uh, convinced that they're bent on recruiting young people into the lifestyle. And oftentimes people who are involved in consensual adult power exchange dynamics such as DDLG, MDLB, CGL, um, the daddy-mommy-little type of power exchange among adults, they get uh, people sometimes throw this word at them, hurled as an insult, because people don't understand and aren't educated. But this bizarre and dangerous habit of pointing fingers and using scary social buzzwords actually makes the real problem worse because uh, that uh, deviant behavior flies under the radar. And so definitely we, uh, pedophilia is never okay, it's never okay. It's not a part of BDSM. It has no place in BDSM. If you are struggling with thoughts of these kind, then I then I would suggest a uh, therapist, um, uh, a kink-aware professional would definitely be okay, but you definitely want to probably speak with a psychiatrist. It's, it's, it's a severe thing because it hurts a lot of people. Causes a lot of trauma and a lot of damage to families and children. Uh, so don't don't abuse people. Number 12 is the fetish for dangerous, reckless, or illegal activity. It's called high bristophilia, and it eroticizes activities like robbing banks, street r- racing, playing Russian roulette, and Dale- daredevil stunts. There's a lot of danger involved with anything like that. Dangerous activity, you definitely want to uh, be risk aware. You, definitely, you know you definitely need to do a lot of homework before you add anything intentionally dangerous, dangerous or reckless. And definitely we don't advocate for adding any kind of illegal activity to BDSM. Uh, number 13: the fire fetish pyrophiliacs get turned on by starting fires or seeing open flame. Uh, some might like get hot. Too hot. Um, so if you're going to play with fire, you definitely want to have the necessary tools and uh, techniques to know how to put out the fire and have the things to, if the fire gets out of control, things to rein it in. Definitely want to have emergency services or access to emergency services um, if if you were to get a severe burn or if a fire was to get out of control, uh, someone you could call to come put it out for you. Number 14 is Vor. Vor, Vorophilia is when you get turned on by the idea of eating another person's body parts or being eaten. has some similarities with cannibalism, but often it's more of a fantasy or it's more of a fantasy. It's not actually be wanting wanting to be eaten. Folks with this fetish can enjoy a plethora of manga. That's like Japanese comic art on the internet. And Vorophilia is generally been shortened to Vor. Although the term Vor wasn't popular in the time. The most famous case of erotic cannibalism is the Rottenberg cannibal. Uh, Armin, I can't pronounce his last name, he was called the Master Butcher. He ran a cannibalism fetish site out of his home in Rottenberg, Germany. In 2001, he placed an ad for a willing volunteer, a well-built 18 to 30-year-old to be slaughtered and then consumed definitely illegal does not fall within bdsm at all uh, you know eating people causing severe bodily injury is not being risk aware it's not safe it's not sane it's not you know it's fall it just falls outside of the scope of bdsm having the fantasy of war without the cannibalism is definitely uh, there's definitely ways to um, simulate that and you know that can be okay uh, so definitely don't want the cannibalism that's far outside of BDSM but vor as a sexual fetish um, using you know viewing comic art and images such as that uh, definitely okay maybe something you may want to speak with a kink aware therapist about just so that you don't, uh, you know, stray into the cannibalism. Number three is the. Cr- uh, sorry. Number. Uh, not number three. Number 15 is the crush fetish. Um, now, uh, folks who enjoy the crush fetish, they get aroused by watching people crush small objects, maybe insects or animals. Yucky. The. <laughs> Well, I mean, crushing animals, that's, thats you know, that's going to fall without consent. You know, we don't want to do anything to animals to abuse them. Uh, you know, it, anything that is labeled animal snuff or videos, which crushers, they're usually women in high-heeled shoes. You know, crushing living insects or small v- reptiles, birds, kittens, or puppies. Ugh. That's, you know... Those videos are banned in a lot of places for good reason. And, uh, uh, you know, yeah, we don't want to... uh, People for the ethical treatment of animals uh, really get involved with this. They, um, you know, it's animal cruelty. It's illegal. It's definitely not something. If you're turned on by Crush videos, you definitely want to... Uh, Talk with a therapist. You definitely want to get some help Um, for those. uh, If if those kinds of things are turning you on, you need to find out why. You know why you uh, why you feel that way. You need definitely to talk with someone. Uh, We don't want to get into animal cruelty that falls outside of the scope of BDSM. Number sixteen is rape. Rape is a crime. It's one of the most overlooked and underreported crimes of all time. And, you know, we want to state the obvious. Many people fantasize about rape, about raping someone or being raped themselves. But, you know, having a rape fantasy scene or the word rape getting tossed around loosely among people that you play with, you know, we definitely want to say that rape is a crime. It falls outside of BDSM. It does not have a place within BDSM. It is criminal activity and it should be criminalized because a lot of people, uh, despite the things that we say to eroticize our play, the sex that we have should always be consensual. Um, uh, A fetish role play may be extremely popular in the world of kink but role play and rape the line is drawn at consent um, if you uh, violate anyone you should definitely um, not be doing that that falls outside of consent it falls outside of BDSM and you're engaging in criminal activity uh, We remember I said earlier we want to be others focused We don't want to be doing anything that is going to hurt other people, Uh, cause long-term trauma, injure them. Uh, We want to throw a phone number here for you to report rape. You can call the 24-7 National Sexual Assault Hotline. If you've been raped or you know somebody who has, you can call one 800 656 4673 uh, if you're listening outside the United States I'm sure there's numbers that are available you can probably google them for your uh, for your location number 17 the fetish for people with limited mobility um, many people with uh, basiophilia a fetish for people with limited mobility or for physical disabilities that create limited mobility get turned on by seeing a disabled person struggle without the devices they need to get around. Um, like so many videos appealing to these terrifying fetishes, they've made the rounds on the internet and they feature uh, men and women struggling to crawl up a set of stairs. For instance, this, it, it, the fetish borders on cruel and particularly if you take the step further and fantasize about disabling somebody so that they you can watch them struggle and suffer this isn't this falls outside of BDSM being cruel to people with disabilities is not a part of BDSM it's not a it's not a good and uh, safe way to express sadism it's abusive and it, should be criminal, and uh, it falls outside of BDSM. Watching somebody struggle and suffer in 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 a predicament bondage scenario is is a world different than making somebody struggle or suffer uh, just to, because of, based on their disability. Number eighteen: the fetish for dangerous and cruel people. Hybristophilia is the sexual attraction to people who have committed or are actively committing cruel and terrible crimes like murder, rape, torture, etc. This is generally seen as an extreme extension of masochism. Uh, definitely don't be around people who are committing murders, rapes, and tortures. Stay away from those people. Um... Don't get involved with those people if they're murdering, raping, and torturing others. There's a, there's a strong likelihood that an abusive person will abuse you. Don't be involved in them in relationships with them. If you're in relationships with them, definitely seek help and uh, and um, definitely uh, seek uh, therapeutic help and uh, and. You know, help from the legal system if needed. Number 19. It's a bad one here. Suicide fetish. Um, and it's somewhat of an auto-assassination is, is where the term is where the paraphilia is, comes up from. It's hard for me to pronounce. This is the fetish of being aroused at the thought of your suicide. And folks with this fetish may speed down winding roads with their lights turned off to get aroused and they find it titling to tiptoe close to high ledges. We want to say that definitely get therapeutic help if you're dealing with suicidal thoughts or even erotic ones. You can call the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 800-273-8255. Number 20, the fetish of falling down stairs. Climacophilia is sexual arousal from watching someone fall down a flight of stairs or falling down stairs yourself. Are you allowed to throw yourself down a flight of stairs? Well, not according to SSC. And, and, you know, likely it's a mental illness should you survive because you're putting yourself and your life at a huge risk. Are you allowed to throw someone else down a flight of stairs? No, never. It's not allowed. It falls outside of BDSM. It's not something that you should ever do. There is no way to mitigate the risk involved in something like that. Number 21, the fetish for non-human animals. Uh, zoophilia is arousal from non-human animals like dogs, cows, horses, sheep, and it falls outside of BDSM. Animals cannot give consent. Uh, just like an earlier fetish where there was cruelty to animals, it is definitely cruel to induce trauma on an animal who likely does not understand what you are doing to it. Um, you'll, a quick Internet search would come up with countless amateur videos of humans doing things to animals, uh, and they're quite horrifying. And uh, so all those, you know, SSC and RAC generally um, applies to humans because the animals cannot give consent. Uh, you know, it's definitely not something that you want to engage in if you're having thoughts of bestiality or zoophilia Any of the associated kinks, uh, doing anything erotic with animals, seek help from a kink-aware professional. Talk about those thoughts. Don't engage in that activity. Number 22, our last one of our 22 terrifying sexual fantasies, is the murder fetish. Sexologists and psychologists psychologists call it heterophonophilia others and we share we call it homicide and this is sexual arousal from killing someone much of kink and bdsm is about power play and power dynamics a lot of really hot scenarios involve overpowering someone but it's consensually it's with respect to their limits to their health to their safety it's far cry from people who get aroused at the thought of killing Folks with this fetish are dangerous. They need help. If you have reason to think someone you know has this fetish, contact the police. If you think you yourself have this fetish, maybe check yourself into a hospital. Get some help. Remember, having a fetish is one thing. Acting on it is quite another. Our fantasies, our imaginations, they can take us to dark and really ethically compromising places. And so, um, there's a lot of discussion that rages between the fine line between erotic desire and mental disorder. But in all cases, talk to somebody. Therapists, they exist to help us stay well. And so, definitely find a kink-aware professional in your area and speak with them. Uh, So, Earlier and throughout this, I've said that things fall within and without BDSM based on consent and being able to give consent and get consent. Uh, sexual consent is an agreement to participate in a sexual activity or a kink activity. Before being kinky with someone, you need to know whether they want to be kinky with you, too. It's important to be honest with a potential partner about what you want and what you don't want consenting and asking for consent are all about setting your personal boundaries and respecting those of the potential partner and checking in along the way especially if things aren't clear or they move to a place that isn't clear both people must agree to the kink every single time for it to be consensual without consent Sexual activity, kinky activity, is sexual assault. It's assault. Um, So what is consent? Well, consent is like FRIES, which is an acronym for Freely Given, Reversible, Informed, Enthusiastic, and Specific. Uh, Freely Given, consenting is a choice you make without pressure, without manipulation, or under the influence of... Anything that would impair you, such as drugs or alcohol. It's reversible. Anyone can change their mind about what they feel like doing anytime. Even if they've done it before, and even if you're both in the process of doing it. Uh, informed. You can only consent to some, uh, something if you have the full story. For example, if someone says they'll use a condom, and then they don't. There isn't consent there. Enthusiastic, when it comes to sex, you should only do stuff that you want to do. Things that you find pleasure in doing, not things that you feel like you're expected to do or expected to want. In specific, saying yes to one thing doesn't mean that you're saying yes to others. You get the final say over what happens to your body. It doesn't matter if you've hooked up before or you've said yes earlier and then you change your mind. It doesn't matter if you're in a power exchange dynamic. That um, It doesn't mind if you've given away all of your limits before. If you come up to a place that you have a limit, you always have the final say over your own body. Even if it means or costs you that relationship, uh, it is your right. It's always your right. It's always been your right, even in consensual we talk about with uh, slavery, even in a, in a consensual master-slave dynamic, you always have the right to end the relationship. You always have the right to, uh, to come up with a limit at any time. Uh, it may cost you that relationship, but it is always your right. You're always allowed to say stop, You're, and your partner needs to respect that. Consent is never implied by things like your past behavior, what you wear, or where you go. If you're at a fetish club, it doesn't mean that you're consenting to engage in all of the activity that is there. Sexual consent or kink consent is always clearly communicated. There should be no question, no mystery. Silence, it's not consent, and it's not just important the first time you're with someone. If you've had... Uh, sex before, or you've engaged in kink before, Uh, even if you've been together a long time, you need to have consent. Uh, There are laws about who can consent and who can't. People who are impaired, passed out, asleep, they can't consent. There are also laws to protect minors. and These are generally people under the age of 18. It varies from country to country and it but it's meant to protect minors from being pressured into kink or sex with someone older than them the age of sexual consent is how old a person needs to be in order to be considered legally capable of consenting uh you know don't become a sexual offender the age of consent varies in different parts of the u.s and different countries we generally say eighteen is is a good standard. More of a, uh, even though it may be different from where you are, that's where we kind of draw it. That anyone under eighteen is a minor, and people over eighteen are, generally speaking, adults. Uh, rape, sexual assault, sexual abuse—they can have different legal definitions. Anyone can be a victim, no matter their gender, their sexual orientation, their age. Certain groups of people are more likely than others to experience sexual assault. Uh, Women, especially women of color, LGBT-identified people, people with uh, developmental and other types of disabilities, they're more likely to experience sexual assault over the course of their lifetimes but we all need to play our part to make sure that this doesn't happen. We all need to make our uh, to do our part to make sure that we're educated, we know what is and isn't consent, we know what is and isn't allowed. Especially with us in the BDSM community, we're held at a higher standard because we uh, oftentimes engage in more communication and more education because the things that we're doing often require it. I am Primal picky. Thank you for joining me for this. Where we talked about 22 terrifying sexual fantasies. We hope that you have a happy Halloween. Or whatever holiday that you are celebrating during this season. And uh, we definitely want to uh, be a resource for BDSM. And, uh, so you can find all of our resources at www.bdsmunited.com. It's been a joy talking with you today, even though we've been talking about some subjects, some hard things, some things that don't really belong within BDSM. And hopefully that you've, I've made it clear, wasn't trying to kink shame any legitimate kink, but I definitely want to shame things like abuse and cruelty and, uh, and any kind of rape, torture, any of those kinds of things. Definitely want to tell you that uh, you should have whatever amount of shame that keeps you from, uh, from engaging in those types of activities. And you definitely need to find a kink-aware professional, someone that you can talk to, that can help uh, you work through your thoughts and to make sure that you don't do those actions. Again, I'm Primal Piggy. Thank you for joining me. I'm, it, you know, it's Halloween. It's a very spooky time. <coughs> Excuse me, but uh, definitely, uh, it is also can be a fun time. And BDSM can be a lot of fun for those involved when we uh, are nonviolent. We're consensual. And we do BDSM in that way. It's been a joy talking to you. I'll uh, talk to you again soon. Before you go, head on over and visit our friend Nookie at datingkinky.com. She's been a longtime supporter and friend of Whips, Chains, and Duct Tape. And she's built a very inclusive service That is Dating Kinky, built by kinksters for kinksters, poly, queer, trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla, and it's free. But also check out a PLUS membership. It gives you access to nine books, three online classes, and over 250 webinar replays. That's nearly 400 hours of kinky education. PLUS membership is an amazing deal. You also get access to amazing features like voice and video chat. That's datingkinky.com.